fitness, nutrition, sleep, longevity, performance, fat loss, and all the keys to a life of health, happiness, and success. I'm Jed Zimmer, your host, and welcome to The Health Project. Hey guys, and welcome back. Episode 54 tonight of The Health Project. Um, must listen to tonight. I know uh, I would have found myself... I've probably said that about just about every episode, but tonight um, I could not meet it anymore. It's such an inspiring episode with Cole Maynard, who is tonight's guest. He, he's got such an incredible story, which you all hear very, very soon. Um, and to even think of some of the things he's accomplished in life after um, after the challenges and the you know the life that the life that he was dealt. Um, to even think what he's come along to have achieved is is truly incredible um and you know he's a man who who never lives by any excuses even though he's had probably every right to um so i absolutely love being able to sit down um and have a chat with kyle it was it was very incredible uh i've taken a lot from it personally so i have no doubt that every single one of you will too if you haven't um if you haven't jumped on instagram have a look at kyle's instagram feed it's it's one that I love keeping up to daily, um, but I'm sure a lot of you are well aware of Cole already. He's appeared on some big, big, big podcasts, um, you know, the Tim Ferriss Show, Lewis Howes School of Greatness, just to name a few, which are some of the world's top class um, in- interviewees and, and, and podcasts who I certainly tune into quite frequently. So um, to to get Cole on my own show was, was amazing. It was incredible. Um, I'm looking forward to talk, talking to him down the track, but... Uh, just listening, guys, and try and soak it all up because it's a truly incredible episode. All right, so Kyle, what I would normally do with a lot of my introductions is I'll introduce my guest and just give the audience a little bit of a rundown, but I'm not actually going to do that today because I don't think I'll give enough justice because your story, it's one that's incredible, it's inspiring, and it's truly life-changing. So, I'd love for you just to go into a little bit of depth about your story and, you know, just basically everything about it. Thanks, man. Um, I appreciate that. I just to give your audience a little bit of an idea. I was born um, with a condition called congenital amputation. So basically we left my arms and at the elbows and my legs at the knees. And, um, you know, it was, was raised with a, uh, you know, we got really lucky with the family that I had that kind of taught me that mindset that I could just take on and do whatever it was that I put my mind to. Mm. So, you know, as a, as a little kid that started out, like, it was just, you know, figuring out how to, you know, run around and play with other kids in the neighborhood, how to feed myself, how to dress myself, you know, how to play video games, how to type in the computer, all of that stuff. Eventually then, you know, to play in football, wrestling, jujitsu, mixed martial arts and, um, and climbing some of the highest mountains in the world. And, you know, even just day-to-day things like now, um, you know, I've got an adapted vehicle. Like I told you, I just went and drove over and saw my sister and, and her kids. So, you know, I've got basically just a typical vehicle with extended pedals and you could jump in my, my uh, car and drive it. So, awesome. you know, things have turned out pretty awesome despite the circumstances. And, um, you know, I'm super grateful for just the, the life and the path that I've gotten to lead to be able to, you know, all to have this conversation with you and all the mm-hmm. other adventures that'll ensue before and after. It's so incredible. It's, pretty cool. it's awesome, mate. I mean, or every time I hear that, I can hear that over and over again. I want to take it back a little bit though. So 
going back to the very early days was, you know, the development did this progress at a normal rate and then it got to a point at a certain age or what was the process there? Uh, I think it was pretty, you know, like a similar path. I think that other kids experience, but maybe just a little bit different due to like the, the nature of like the physical disability. Right. Mm-hmm. So like figuring out how to, um, pick up a spoon, swing it around and, and use that to go and eat my, you know, have taken a little bit more time, but like any other kid, you know, my, mm. my baby niece right now, she's got to go and like, you know, do the same thing. Right. She's were you, just on that. Were your parents aware of you know this condition from, were they informed after your birth or was it, you know, a turning point where they, like they started to notice certain things or how did all this go about? No, they had no idea. Right. Yeah, so it was a, a normal, um, you know, pregnancy and normal ultrasounds like right up until I was born, and then it was just like kind of a, a bigger surprise there. Mm. So, did was there a certain age that you know they started to really notice that things might not be progr- progressing so well, and they saw some strange things? Or, oh yeah, I'm just really intrigued to know how it all with the very early days of it. Yeah, I think. It'd be interesting to ask them that question, but um, for the most part, you know, I think that they try to go and make things as normal as possible, you know, it was mm-hmm. really the, like the goal, right? Like in the mm-hmm. early days, at least before I was, mm-hmm. you know, before I got into playing sports and that kind of thing, it was like, you know, they just wanted me to, to feel as normal as possible and, and, and to not put a ton of focus on the disability. So, right. you know, cause yeah, I think you it's mean- like, sorry, go on. Well, just, you know, something that uh, like, you know, where the attention goes, the energy flows, right? So if you put mm. your attention and focus on everything that's neg- negative about a situation, then you're going to go and get more of that. If you put everything mm. that's like right, you know, and good with the situation, then you're going to get more of that. Mm. And your incredible mindset, obviously, it's well publicized that your resilience, your mental strengths and your characters, it's truly inspire- inspiring. So was this, this something that you developed over time or you think you were quite lucky? You've just mentioned your parents there were, were a big factor in this. They sort of honed in on you that anything was possible. They wanted you to grow up on your individual basis. Um, but like, was there any, a lot of challenges at times where you thought during those initial stages, well, you know, this is just not going to be possible for me. Man, for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I think the worst thing I could do and do, you know, to, to, anybody I mean to your audience you know especially it's just to like make it seem as though that like every day is is easy and that you know I don't have those like massive struggles and you know down times myself too like that that's always been the case and I mean I think that every speaker that I've, I've ever come across kind of like does the same thing it's kind of funny like you know um a lot of times I think people that you know end up like even in the profession of like motivational speaking and all that themselves are like doing it because they're like seeking something themselves too Mm. right Mm. and so it's um you know but then at the same time like through that seeking then there there is growth and there is like kind of like new you know renewal and and um you know as you mentioned like the resiliency like like resiliency doesn't mean necessarily that you like you're never going to be knocked down it's the opposite in fact i think it's the fact that like you know that you continue to move forward regardless of whatever's thrown at you mm. like as long as you have air in your lungs you know blood in your heart then you keep going and what what's your advice there because it obviously 
it's it, it is when we're faced with adversity at times it's obviously extremely difficult difficult to recognize these kind of things and we're well aware that we should be grateful we should try and you know focus on the positives but it is easier said than done a lot of the time so do you have any you know tactics or what's your advice for a lot of people there yeah so um earlier this year i um i you know it was like at a point where like i was you know just kind of like burnt out and um wasn't really feeling it myself too and i remember like at that point in time like i kind of had to hit the pause button and figure out like all right what is in my control right now and and really start like try to get clear and focus on on that specifically so i think that that is um you know is a huge aspect of it and like even down to you know started taking some like supplements that i knew would would help me feel a little bit better right that's one thing i started like working out more started getting sunshine started like you know just spending more time with with you know loved ones and um that makes it an enormous difference i think you know sometimes for me especially you know for for any of us but i think we we project out like you know way too far into the future and try to figure everything out and um or you know we allow the the things from our past you know that maybe didn't go the way that we want them to 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 haunt us and i think both of those things are a mistake right like everybody knows like to live in the present moment is is a key but like you know really like what does that even what does that even mean what does that look like when i'm when i'm hiking it's a little more clear you know i, I try to literally focus on the three feet that's in front of me and that's mm. that's it I think that's the the message I try to come back to in my life when I am at that that dark point because like it, you know when you're when you're in those places too then like you don't want to like receive help from other people you don't want to look weak or you know that you don't have it figured out or, or whatever right like you don't it's it's weird like the time that we most need other people is the time when we go and shut other people out but I think it's mm. also like you know it's important to allow other people in and, and to be able to help. And it's important to just like focus on like, all right, what are the next, like literally the next three hours in front of me, if I got to focus on that, you know, three minutes, even if it's, you know, really something crazy. Mm. I want to ask Carl, what, what is it that actually motivates you moving forward from here? I know because with a story like yours, you've, you're extremely successful now, um, but to continually go out there, be a public speaker, motivate and inspire others. What, what, what's that motivation come for you? I know if I'm, for me, I just love the fact of helping others, improving the lives of others. And it's something that I'm extremely passionate about. Where does your motivation come from? Yeah, I think that that is, um, is huge, you know, and, and connecting with people with a similar attitude, I think is really important to me. Um, you know, the world right now is going through some massive, massive growing pains you know and and um and just in general just really dealing with some stuff that we've never really dealt with before seemingly and mm. um you know just i think providing hope is is a really key thing that like things can get better for yeah I think, you know, sometimes, right, like we, the media, especially the mainstream media likes to focus, you know, on the, the doom and gloom and, you know, that definitely gets ratings, right? But it's, um, I think it's people that are out there that are, you know, like you that are, that are fighting to, to put out a different kind of message that that's mm -hmm. what is going to make a difference.
No, I love it. I've, I, I couldn't agree anything more there. I want to look at your, say, your sporting career, your professional. So let's go back. I think initially it was football. Was that the very first passion for yours? Sports? Yeah. Was it football or wrestling that came first? Even before that, I played like street hockey with my friends in the, right. the neighborhood, you know, yeah. like was probably my first, uh, like, you know, and just wrestling around with my dad, um, video games, and again, you know. And, he, and again, how challenging was this for those initial stages? Because obviously you might look around and you see a lot of your friends who they might have, you know, just, just more ability that they've, you know, obviously with their limbs and all that, it just seems yeah. a lot more easy. How challenging was this? And I guess frustrating to look around and go, look, I want to be able to do this. Oh, there was definitely a lot of that for sure. <laughs> definitely. Mm. Um, and I think in, in a weird way though, it would, um, something in that would fuel me, you know? And I think there was, there's definitely like, you know, a lot of emotions there from, you know, anger, envy, you know, uh, all, just a lot of different things, like wishing that things were, were different, you know, and some nights I'd cry myself to sleep and like, you know, wish that things were different. But I, I think that it, in a way like that kind of fueled me and you know, I've had a lot of close friends that have gone through really, really difficult things and traumatic things. And, and I think the ones that I've seen that have allowed it to fuel them have really like become like, you know, powerful mm. individuals as, you know, opposed to like ones that we just uh, allow it to overcome us. Right. And to, to just like paint the story that like, the world is out to get us or, you know, that it was just, you know, that life isn't fair. Well, like that's kind of the truth. Like life isn't fair a lot of the time. So what are we going to do about it? Mm. And is that, is that their advice? So say if someone is faced with a lot of adversity, what would you, what would you say to them? How would you go out of your way to help them? It's a, it's a difficult one because I think each, each individual has got to go and like find it in their own different way. Right. And I think that so often too, like we're so quick to want to go and try to take those challenges away from people, especially in the world that we live in today. Right. With more of like the kind of helicopter parenting mindset, right. That we want to um, just take away all the challenges and like, well, if you take away all the challenges, then like that's, that's where so much of the growth is. So yeah. Um, you know, we've got to be careful to, to not, to not do that. It's a fine line, right? At the same time, like, I don't want to see people that I love that are, um, you know, hurt or, or, or in distress or whatever, you know, struggling in any way. I was you know, just, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a part of it. Like that was the beautiful thing I think with like wrestling as opposed to other sports is that like, you're out there all alone, right? It's you and your opponent. So you got to figure it out. And, um, no one's going to be able to, to, you know, your teammates can go and cheer you on, but like, ultimately you gotta, you gotta perform yourself. And a lot of times what's, what's funny is like, it's so psychological too, because if I, if I knew that I was facing like a really good wrestler, mm. then I would lose a lot of the time, but afterwards, like if I, if I beat some, you know, really tough kid in overtime and later I find out that he's like a two time state champion from a nearby, you know, state, then I'm, then it's just like, Whoa, you know, it, um, would kind of blow me away after the fact, like, wow, I did that, you know, like I beat that kid. But if I had known ahead of time, I probably would have self-sabotaged. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it's incredible. Um, I have never like, sort of put it in that perspective, but it, I think it does make a huge difference. And I, like, I can relate it to a lot of my sports. The same thing that if you go in with that mindset that you, know, you, you can win, um, it, it is achievable. It, I think from reading, Kyle, I believe that your first 35, was it, um, actual wrestling yeah. defeats. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That's, that was a long time. Yeah, a year and a half of Well, that's of, incredible of in losses, itself. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> was it, were, were there times during that where you thought, well, bugger, this is not for me? Oh, yeah, like the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So, and, and with these opponents, were are these just full, you know, no, no disability or anything like that? Yeah, no, they're full able-bodied competitors. Yeah, so that was in middle school when I started in sixth grade um, and then finally won a, a match in seventh grade. Okay, so your first win was seventh grade. And I yeah. guess it just it, it blossomed from there. Yeah, I think by the eighth grade, I ended up winning my region and made it to the state tournament and, um, you know, in, in high school and wrestled for one of the top teams in the Southeast. Mm. And how did you – was training – different for you due to your, you know, your, your limbs and these side of things, or did you have to think outside the box with a lot of your tactics or what was the process here? Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, I was lucky to have um, the the coach that I had in, and my dad would both kind of like get down and, and like on their hands and knees, like try to wrestle from my perspective to go and yeah. try to understand and, you know, gain moves for me to be able to like use and figure out, right. you know, how my go and do this how am I gonna you know get a hold of a single leg and you know finish that or a fireman's carry and I think at first I my one move that I had was I had to wait for somebody to take me down and get behind me and then I would clamp onto their arm and try to roll them you know and so like mm. I basically had to give up points and you know allow somebody to put in a pinning combination just for me to like have a chance to be able to like grab their arm and roll them and then yep. thankfully after that, like was able to, to learn um, other techniques. Mm. And what's your, what's your record today, Carl? I have no idea, but no I idea. ended up, yeah, I mean, I have competed the, uh, in a lot of different forms. Of of, yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I've definitely won well in excess of a hundred matches and, you know, like, I don't even know, hundreds, hundred something like competed yeah. in. Brazilian jiu-jitsu now competed in the world championships, the Pan Ams championships, like a bunch of different mm. things. So, and the weightlifting side of things, where was, where, where did the love for weightlifting and strength training come into? It was just kind of part of, you know, I think it started as um, in, in high school was something that I, uh, you know, did just to get stronger for football and, um, and wrestling. And then I realized that like in and of itself, it's really a cool thing. Right. So kept uh lifting through high school and uh then after high school got really into crossfit and mm. uh you know found a video of like a handful of people just doing these like absurdly ridiculous you know crossfit movements and um stuff i'd never seen before and i it just mm. blew my mind and uh you know there was like the kettlebells and ropes and tires and sledgehammers and all this stuff and this like you know kind of grungy low lit environment right and it just looked look like the, the coolest thing in the world that i needed to, to check out and ended up opening a crossfit gym in um 2008 press record you hold a current record there i believe i want to ask on that yeah it was the the gnc's world's strongest teen title lifted uh 240 pounds 23 times 
That's um, it, like that's incredible. I, I just can't even. I can't picture it. It's just, it's mate. It's <laughs> oh mate, it's bloody, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, and outside of this, so obviously Mount Killer Manjaro. Did I did I pronounce that yeah. correctly? Yep. I did. Well, there we go. Yep. I didn't actually expect that. And I guess um, so. This is from my research, and I could be wrong here, but just correct me. The highest freestanding mountain in the world, and obviously the, the tallest mountain in Africa. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. So, mate, that's basically for you. So, you've so for all the listeners out there, he has conquered this, the highest freestanding mountain on the world, and it does. It seems impossible, mate. How? Where did this come about? Was just just a light bulb moment where you thought, "Well, this is something I want to do." Was it always something you wanted to do, or and how did you do it? Is basically I what I know, asked. I had heard about it. Um, it was kind of this just like majestic thing, you know, that like I, I wanted to go and in, in, in experience. And um, you know, uh, I had um, a buddy who I met that wanted to like do it too and wanted to help me like figure it out i mean that was the biggest thing it's like I, I, I couldn't do it alone right like i had to find a group that was crazy enough to go and, and do it with me and um and thankfully had you know a, a friend who, who was willing to, to jump in and to do it so um basically when i started it was uh just you know we literally were like duct taping bath towels to the ends of my arms and my feet and using that to, to bear crawl up the the peaks but um then um some people in arizona uh who make generally kind of like orthotic and prosthetic equipment for for kids with disabilities mm-hmm. they made me some amazing equipment that allowed me to be able to to, to go up the mountain it's more of like a carbon fiber custom shoe and uh even with that still it was it was physically just super brutal and insanely you know, difficult, long journey that when I saw the mountain for the first time, I was like, oh man, like what the heck do we get ourselves into? Yeah. But a few days how later, long, we were on it. How long did the journey take? To get to the mountain was almost a year long project. Wow. And the climate was uh, about 12 days. Mm. Would it, would you say, would it be fair to say that you probably didn't expect um a lot of the challenges you face were you well aware of you know all the challenges and difficulty that was going to come with it uh, i th- i think the whole thing i underestimated was the length of it for sure like it was just you know i, I knew that it was going to be a long trip but it just like the distance of it like looked in, impossibly hard and mm. you know seemed felt like it was just never gonna never gonna end and mm. um so I think that that was something that I really, in in hindsight, like it was a big difference, right? So then I climbed another peak um, in South America that we were on the mountain for 17 days. And that one was significantly shorter distance, but it's higher altitude and, and much right. more like vertical climb. Yep. So. And how did, one, how, did you, uh, how did you go training for this? Because I'm very interested and intrigued with the fitness side of things. What was your training, you know, routine look like prior to this? For, um, for the Kilimanjaro climb, a lot of it was, was CrossFit actually. Like I, you know, that was kind of the main thing is I didn't really have my, my equipment to use before I ended up, you know, going to the mountain, right? Like I literally got my final equipment set, I think like two weeks before I left. Mm. 
to this day, what is your training? Is it still CrossFit based for, or what is, yeah, I guess, yeah, exercise. Man, lately since, uh, since the COVID thing hit, I've, I've just been like doing stuff in the garage, you know, and, and I, yeah. I kind of, um, whatever and ever. Yeah. Whatever you can yeah, find. Been a little more minimalist, like with yeah. it, like there was a, a Russian kettlebell guy, Pavel. I don't know if you've mm. heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have. Yep. Yeah, I think he I read that. About, he popped like, up in Tim Ferriss tools for Titans. Yeah, yeah, he's he definitely kind of gets around. I think he was on Joe Rogan's podcast recently too. And yeah, um, he Pavel. I think the interesting thing about him though is that he's like a really big minimalist, right? Mm. And so, I I think recently I've read something about him just you know just doing like kettlebell swings, like you know maybe a hundred something you know mm. a day, and you know like that's kind of like that's about it. Like I'm kind mm. of what I've been doing lately is like maybe one to two times a day, just like going out and busting it out, doing, doing some stuff. And I'll just kind of mess around, you know, just doing whatever I can in between bodyweight stuff. Um, yep. Oh, I like it. I've, um, I'm of the very similar approach. I'm just sort of just random splits throughout the day. Now I think, um, again, it was Tim Ferriss who it might've been the four hour body where he outlined the importance of, training the posterior the posterior chain and how important you know kettlebell swings can be and for 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 a while there he mentioned that a full body workout he was just doing kettlebell swings so very similar to what you've just mentioned there i want to ask you moving forward now just looking into into the future is there any big ambitions obviously we've covered a lot that you've you've accomplished over your journey is there anything that you're, you know, you got on the go, you want to tick got off? Eyes on set on now. Yeah, you got, you got your eyes set in stone on. I wouldn't say anything that's like super set in stone. I think right now, um, you know, it, it's been, it's been an interesting time to be able to like sit back and kind of reflect and, and to, you know, figure out what I want to go and, and do and, and take on next um, in, in being, uh yeah, there's just a lot of different directions that I feel like compelled to go. I've considered like, you know, going back to school, considered uh, doing a lot of different things. So, you know, got a few buddies that have, you know, been really successful with e-commerce businesses um, and, you know, feel kind of grateful in the sense that like, I'm excited for whatever happens next, but I'm kind of, you know, like un- unsure of like of, of what it's going to be. And I think it kind of comes back to that, like metaphor of like the three feet at a time, you know, it's something that maybe the, the world in general can, you know, look to, I think for this, right. Like we, we've got like some major difficulties ahead of us and um, now it's just like to figure out like, all right, like what is, what is the next like few feet look like? Mm. No, I love it. I don't normally do this, Kyle, with with a lot of my interviewees, but I'm going to do it with you because um, I'm in awe of everything you mentioned, mate. If you could live by a motto, a quote, or even just a few simple words, what would that be? It's uh, so the the one I've I've gone by um, since I first learned it was the motto of uh, my first friend that was a Navy SEAL. Uh, his name is Richard Makowitz, and um, he passed from a brain tumor, the same one that got my grandma a couple of years ago. But I'm, I'm pretty confident that he lived this until his last breath. But his his mantra is, "Not dead, can't quit." If I hear a voice back in my head, then I continue to move forward. That's awesome. 
Uh, it's incredible, mate. I won't take up any longer, Kyle. Mate, it's been it's been awesome. You're the things you do, you're a big inspiration to everyone worldwide. You've been a life changer for me, mate. I've tuned in for a long time now. And Thanks, man. Very, very, very cool. grateful to have you a part of this, jumping on and chatting today. And just keep keep every, keep it up, mate, what you're doing because you, you do change lives for the better. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. You made my afternoon. Thank you. No, no worries, mate. I wish you the best with absolutely everything. And I'll, I'll get back in touch. I'll-